Hello, Googleization Nation, and welcome to the whole you, work, home, life, a DGG Unleashed podcast with thought leader Joe Serio. In each of Joe's episodes, he's going to be raw and real with you on what it takes to be the whole you at work, home, and life in order to thrive today and in the future. In this episode, we're picking up the conversation about the importance, impact, and source of creativity between Joe Serio and Dennis Welch. When we left off last month, Dennis was sharing how creativity opens new doors. Dennis and Joe now explore what it takes to walk through those new doors. I think part of creativity is having the nerve. It's having the nerve to listen. Mm -hmm. It's having the nerve to listen to whatever that thing is in your head that says, this doesn't feel right. Like you Mm -hmm. just said about Gallup. Mm -hmm. I knew it was coming to an end. It wasn't over yet, but I didn't have a single client, but I knew that this wasn't my road to continue on. And, well, the, and, and now you're forced to get creative. Right. And look, the door opening is only half the, half the issue. So pay attention because for all of us, doors crack open sometimes and you know, man, that would be, I, I get that job. Mm-hmm. I get that, whatever it is. But it takes a lot of courage to... To, to walk this, do the second half, which is the most important part, is going through the door and saying, okay. And so, you know, years ago, uh, Bob Bodine sent me a guy, a friend of his, who was a big shot at NASCAR, and he was, he was printing money. He was the PR guy for Roush Fenway Racing. And he said, Bob called me and said, hey, Mike Mooney's going to call you. He's got a rock in his shoe. He thinks he's supposed to be doing something else. He doesn't have any idea what it is, but I told him to talk to you. Really, Bob, what am, what, how am I going to, I'm not a, I'm not a uh, job counselor, okay, but I'll do it because, because I love you and you asked me to do it, so I'm going to try. So for the next year, once a month, Mike Mooney would call me and he would say, uh, we would talk for an hour about just about this, what you and I are talking about. And at the end of one year, he quit his big job and wrote a book. And said, I think I know where I'm going now. I said, You have any customers? No. You have any, you have a map for this? No, I don't. But I know the first step. The first step is for me to write this book about building and keeping a great reputation. So we happened to be, Susie and I happened to be in Carolina at the time. And so he goes, Hey, let's celebrate. But why don't you and why don't the, we double date and go to dinner? And I was thinking, I don't know if I want to see his wife. <laughs> he talked to me for a year. He quit his job where he's getting he's getting paid, and now he's not getting paid. She's probably going to slug me. <laughs> so we get to the restaurant, and uh, we do our introductions and everything. And when, when he introduced her to me, she stepped over to me and got really close to me, and she said, thank you. His job was killing him. So he leaves this big job. A year later, I'm, I'm doing something. I get a call from Mike Mooney, and we talk some during the year, but he said, look, I just want to tell you something crazy. He goes, I'm overwhelmed with opportunities, and not a single one of those was visible while I was sitting on the shore of safety. And I said, he said, they were all shrouded, but as soon as I set out, there they were. And I said, you know what, Mike, I'm, that's, that's the perfect explanation for how to find the life you are supposed to be living and not somebody else's version of your life. But that takes a lot of courage, man. That's a, that's a, you're talking about the illusion of safety 
Joe, is is that, you know what, I'm getting a paycheck every week. Nothing bad's going to happen to me. But look, is, has anybody been around longer than Ford Motor Company? And, and just a couple of years ago, they laid off several thousand of their white collar workers, not people putting on lug nuts, right? So don't tell me those people didn't go to work every day feeling safe. Like this is, this is Ford Motor Company. What can happen to me? Well, you can be put out. And, and I would hope that some of those people did what we're talking about. They leave there and go sit down somewhere, get quiet and go, that wasn't it. The classic example that is popping through my mind at the moment is driving down a dark road at night with your headlights on. Mm-hmm. And the only thing you can see is the 15 feet ahead of you. That's right. And you almost have to trust that there's going to be, and think about trust and, and how much trust we have in society. Because people bellyache all the time. Nobody uses their, their turn signal. That's not true. Right. Oh, the roads are terrible. Not the majority of them. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they're well-developed, and they get us from place to place. And by and large, we can trust that the car next to us is not going to run into us and all that. Okay? Right. So you're on this dark road, and you have headlights. And what are those headlights? Those headlights are that inner voice, that who am I? The questions we talked about in an earlier episode. Who am I? What do I want? How am I going to get it? Mm-hmm. What are the values that my life is based on? What are the beliefs that I have? That's kind of the headlights. Mm-hmm. I never thought about it this way before, but so we just oh, good. so work with me keep on this. Going. Right. So so you're going down the road and <clears throat> and the thing that's going to keep you on the path and the thing that's going to keep you in that in that space that's going to afford you the courage to be creative is that inner work. And that we, I always say, we move from the inside out. Mm-hmm. We move from the inside out. We start with emotional intelligence and dealing with our fear and understanding what our fear is and all those kinds of elements mm-hmm. so that we can continue on that road even in the middle of darkness. Mm-hmm. That we have enough faith and enough confidence that our thing, whatever our thing is, your thing is words, especially in the context of music. That's one of your things. Right, you're a brilliant writer. You, you you write amazing songs. Your books have been great. I Thank loved uh, Rich People Shop Here. That was such a great Thank you. memoir type book about your mom and, mm-hmm. and your experiences growing up. And it's like, okay, you know, if you sit quietly for a minute and you really can acknowledge your strengths, mm-hmm. it makes the road and it makes creativity a little bit easier. Well, let me let me go a step further than that. Once you once you once you step out and you do this, it's addictive. Mm. It's addictive because you because you there's nothing like it. You know, I told somebody recently. He said, "Look, I, I'm going to go out. I'm going to I'm going to work from home. I'm going to raise my kids. I'm going to spend more time with them. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to make my own schedule every day and everything." I said, "Well, let me give you a warning about that. You'll never go back." Mm-hmm. You'll never go back. And so so what happens is you change from worry, how am I going to do this? And then you start doing it, and it's freaking cool. And you, you know you're where you're supposed to be, and it's like, this is the easiest work I've ever done. The day flies by. And then you get you, switches, and you, you get jealous of that. You, you, you pull it in close and go, I will never settle again. Never. I'll never go just do something for, for a dollar. I won't do that. And even in my business, that's the way I choose clients, Joe, I don't take everybody. I take stuff that I know that I'm going to care about 
And I don't care how big your checkbook is. You know, it's not like we're sitting on a big bag of money. But you know what? But I, but I know that if I'm going to do this, I have to choose things that I'm passionate about. And if I'm not, this, this is not going to work. And it's the same with your roles and the jobs that you take. Once you know this stuff, but look, think about where we are in technology. You know what? It's easy to just be distracted all the time in your life now. And so all of a sudden, you're 68 years old and you go, wow, I've just been checking my phone for the last 25 years, you know? And so, so, uh, but if you, but if you ever, you ever step out and do it, you ever find that thing, it's crazy. I mean, at that point, you, you, you defend your, your time. You change the way your days work. Mm -hmm. you, you change the people you have around you. You know, you talked about this earlier. You know, if you, if you, it's important. Like I'm married to a woman who is comfortable. She trusts me. And if we sit down together and we say, I say, you know what? I don't know. I mean, that, I know this is the first job I ever had, you know, the Gallup organization, but I think it's time to stop. And instead of saying, oh my God, you know, what are we going to do? She goes, well, I'm shocked because I, I, I wonder what took you so long. <laughs> like she already was thinking that way, right? And so a lot of this working is having the right people around you and choosing people who are saying, Joe, I am not going to let you be mediocre and I'm not going to let you settle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you to step out and try this thing, even if you fall flat on your face, because there's a lot of things worse and failure and regret, as you know, regret is the one. That's the thing. I don't want to, I don't want to die with any regrets. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to say, you know what? I tried that. That didn't work. I'm okay with that. But I, that's just not the way the world is not set up like that now, unless you proactively choose that. Yeah. And, and so let's, let's talk about the person who says, yeah, Dennis, that's really nice and, and lovely. Right. Fine. Good for you, Dennis. I'm glad you did it. And they would wave their hand just like that. And they, and they wave the hand up like, Dennis, I'm so <laughs> glad you did that. That's lovely. Fine. Great. Right. But I'm not creative at all. There's no way I could do those things. Where do you get your creativity from? So if somebody comes to you and says, I'm not creative at all. <laughs> they whine like they that. They whine just like that. <laughs> I'm like, walking. you don't understand. <laughs> I'm not creative. Yeah. I've never been creative. Yeah. So clearly they're locked in that headspace. Sure, right. What, what do you tell them about creativity? And if you were to mentor them on steps to take to enhance or to begin to realize your own creativity, what would you tell them? Well, first of all, they should look for, they should, you're going to have to get quiet to do this. This is not going to happen while you're checking Facebook. Okay. And they're going to have to, they're going to have to, I think, file back through their, their life and say, where was it that when I sat down to do something, there was quick learning? It was the time flew. I guarantee you, there's something that everybody has it. You, everybody, if you've, unless you've sat in a chair for the last 35 years or whatever, you know, you've done enough stuff to know there's been a couple of things where you go, oh, man, wait a minute. It's like you touch the third rail when you started doing it. It's like, oh, OK, that's that's cool. But Dennis, I could never make money from that thing. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? T talk to my friend Joe Serio, because you know what? Because, look, everybody, you know, everybody. First of all, do you have to make money at it? I don't think so. I don't think you have to make money at it. That's not a criteria. You know, because people should, because first of all, you're going to be stunted 
and you're going to be happy if there's something that you really could do. Look, I don't get paid a lot for doing music. I never have. But you know what? I'm doing it. Tonight, I'm going to be in my writing room. I'm going to do it because I have to do it. I can't not do it because I know that when I go to work tomorrow, that what I do at night, when I'm sitting in there trying to find the right words and everything, well, that's what I do for my clients every day. That, that's exactly what I do for them. You think about what songwriters do. You have three minutes. You can't waste a single word. You have to make people care. Okay, well, that's what I do every day. Writing songs makes me better at my job. And it's something I love doing as much as music. But you know what? I, I uh, don't make any money off of that. So, okay, so you might not make any money off of it. On the other hand, if you're, if you're planning on being great, you better find what it is that you do better than 10,000 other people. Because it's, if, it's, if, if it's some secondary thing in your life where you're like, well, you know, my daddy was a, a dentist and I'm going to be a dentist. You know what? You're not going to be a great dentist. You're not. Because you're doing it because your daddy, you, you can't, his 10,000, his one thing he does better than 10,000 other people is being a dentist. That doesn't mean that you have to do that. But, but if you settle for it, don't expect greatness. And right. by the way, they may very well make a lot of money yes. doing that thing. Yeah. And they're going to wake up one day and realize, oh, this money is not making me happy. Yes. Or there's no joy in the work that I do. And don't think, Joe, that doesn't show up in every area of your life. How you treat your family, how you feel about yourself, how you feel about your 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 neighbors or or whatever it it's, it it affects everything. Just think how different the world would be if everybody found the one thing they do better than ten thousand other people and did it every day. I mean, I think that our health would be better, our our relationships would be better. But so uh, one one day I was watching, I think it was CNN, and they were doing an interview with Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy, the novelist, spy, you know, spy stories and and Soviet submarines and all kinds of things, uh -huh. right? And uh, so they had him on for an interview, and they were doing a call in, and a woman calls in, says, "Mr. Clancy, where do you get your inspiration from? I sit and I wait for the muse to come and <laughs> give me ideas." And he said, "Lady, lady, listen." He said, "You know what I do?" I get up and I go to work. Mm -hmm. He said, I get up and I go to work. Amateurs sit around waiting for the muse. Right. Professionals get up and work. Yeah. And he just said, I get up at seven o'clock. I write for the morning. I take, I go to lunch. I do research in the afternoon. I take a nap. I get up the next morning and I write. Yeah. The only thing missing is a hard hat and a lunch pail. <laughs> right. And so, you know, my, my hundred year old author client, she's 101 now, forgot. And, she was on an NPR uh, interview, ARP radio, actually, a few years ago. And so the guy asked her, he said, so what's your work day? How do you how do you do it? What's your writing method or whatever? She goes, oh, she goes, I, I, I get up at five and I have make myself a nice big cup of coffee. And then I go into my writing room and I let my characters tell me what they're going to do today every day. Every day. At that point, she was in her mid-90s, and she was in there every day. And, and see, that's the thing, Joe, is when you find that one thing, you know this. because you, you, that's, that's why you work like you do. You're, you're tireless. So am I. But you know what? That's because I, I, I want to do it. It's not, some, it's not a chore anymore. And that's, then it becomes there's an engine that starts and begins to move you down the road that, that you're not having to make happen anymore. 
that's a crazy place to be in regard to your work life. But it's wonderful. There's nothing like it, you know. There's one thing you just mentioned about your client. And this is something that if people haven't been engaged in creativity, per se, they don't know it and it sounds like voodoo magic when they hear it. When I sat down to write a novel, when I was writing, as soon as I fleshed out the characters, I had to write as fast as I could to keep up with what they were doing. And people were like, what do you mean? You're the one coming up. I said, no, 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 no. Once I gave them personalities yeah. and once I gave them their own desires, Off they, they started running. Right. And I had to catch up with them. And say, oh, they're doing this. And we'll figure out the rest later, right? <laughs> yeah, right. They say, they say, what? Write the first draft with your heart and write the second draft with your head. Mm-hmm. But the first draft with your heart, you're just chasing characters. Right. And you're chasing ideas. And and that didn't come from sitting around going, um, That's that came from... <laughs> It came from work. It came from yes. creativity. It came from the act of creating. You you can't do it if you're not there. No. And and you know Bruce Springsteen said and he, he did a great AARP interview and the, it opens with him saying I have kind of a weird job. I go into a writing room and I make something out of nothing. And he said and sometimes it's hard to even take credit for it because it feels like it's flying around in the room and it just lands on me. But here's the important part of that uh, that whole paragraph. Yeah, but Bruce, you were in the room. Mm-hmm. You weren't. You weren't your easy chair, or you. You know, you weren't somewhere where that can't happen. You gave it a chance to happen, and you know. And I think that's a. That's it. That's a. It's a piece that's missing. Uh, apparently, from the culture at large, if eighty percent of us, four people out of five, are not, are not in those roles where they can be great. Whether you're wondering what's on the other side of that door of opportunity or you're asking yourself, is that all there is? Then you won't want to miss the next episode of The Whole You, Work, Home, Life, when Joe Sirio and Dennis Welch continue their conversation about the importance of creativity and living life to your full potential. Join Joe and Dennis next month as they describe what it feels like to leave the shores of safety and embrace the thrill of new opportunities on the other side of that door. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and digging deep into what's ahead for your future as the whole you. We'll be back next month for Joe and another episode. But until then, please visit his website for additional information at joeserio.com. And remember, don't let the shift hit your plans.